Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to I'm glad your, your mom, mom is there. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. <laughs> he just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, <laughs> not wearing a mariachi suit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 148. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. The next is a list. The book's coming out November 28th. I think you just lost your game, John. Paused it. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Going right back into it. Don't worry. The 28th, eh? It's coming up quick. (laughs) Is it? Then we follow that with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you another trade and policy. It's a book that I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit because I'd like to share it with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Courtney Crumman and the Night Things, written and drawn by writer-artist Ted Nafa. Ted Nafa. Yes. Cool. It's cool. <laughs> you know what else is drinking? Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, you know what else is cool? Drinking. But when you're over 21. I got, I got excited. I <laughs> said, you know what else is drinking? <laughs> It's <laughs> not that we've already had two. The two's nothing for us. I was just really excited. No, this say, is our second. This is our yeah. second. Okay. So don't we know, don't, we don't know what you were doing before we got here. I was setting up my cool new computer. Oh, why screen. would you do that? Do that? It's my book. I can do what I want. Oh, man. It's hardcover. Yeah, it's a nice hardcover, and you're ruining it by resting your beer on it. Well, and what beer is this, Paul? This would be Saranax Season's Best. It's a uh, seasonal brown ale that they're doing to hark the holiday season. Kwanzaa. Doesn't bode well for the rest of the season. I don't care for this one too much. No. No, it's it's not great. So that's why I didn't feel bad when I had the first one, and I'm like, I could have another. They're not going to want another one of these out of my six-pack that I have. Yeah. It has a little bit of a like a bitter to it. It has a nice little nut, yeah, nut brown nut. finish, yeah. but... Nothing about it is wowing. Even that finish is like, mm, no, I'm getting like a metallic taste off of it. I don't know if anyone else is. Yeah. Um, it's no. like a tinny. They could sell this as their Oktoberfest, and you would be none the wiser. That's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there is nothing to write the soldiers about with this one. No. no. A little depressing, because we genuinely tend to like Saranac stuff. Yes. You know? Paul's a fan of saying they're good brewery with a great price point yeah that's why they're a value beer for me they're uh you know great value i think what they put out for the price that they put it out in uh usually is a home run for me you know their pumpkin was up there for the top white ipa i can't we can't say enough about that and uh sometimes and even i bought their winter variety pack 12 mm-hmm. pack you got six different beers in it yep. two each uh, Chris and I sat and watched like movies and like drank all, just about the whole case, yeah. and <clears throat> also we're watching the uh, yeah, the, election the elections uh, results rolling. So we were. Um, that's mainly why I bought it because I was like, uh-huh. I'm going to be doing some drinking because I might be very depressed, and uh, I'm going to get a 12 pack of this. There you go. That was, uh, it was only like 13 bucks. <laughs> I know, 12.99. Which is the price of a six-pack for most of the Christmas beers that are out. Yeah, the Great yeah. Lakes uh, 
went up six pack. It's ten ninety nine. Ten ninety nine. The uh, we're going to be trying the Rogues uh, Santa's Reserve, which is twelve ninety nine. Uh, a couple weeks, uh, I think it's Mad Elf by Trogue. That's sixteen dollars. It's like fifteen dollar fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. And that's in Pennsylvania, and we're not that far away. So it's kind of like... I, I do have to say, it's a six-pack, 11% alcohol per bottle. Wow. So... I mean, it's, that, a, cherry, kind of it's a cherry honey beer, so it's more than just a beer. Mm-hmm. So I think that is something that is... Uh, I think that's worth that, that $15, because you're... Two of them, and you don't need to drink any more that night. And it, it does sound like it's something more of a premium beer. Yeah. Like, some beers, like, you can understand you're paying more because it's from a smaller brewery. That just sounds like you're paying more because it is a special occasion beer, pretty much. Yes. You're just not sitting around to drink an 11% beer. Unless you're us. Unless you're us. And, <laughs> and that's like I was talking to Chris about picking up um, Duvel's seasonal beer that's out right now it's uh like an anniversary beer for them and it's a triple triple hopped belgian beer um aren't they all kind of called triples or quadruples yeah but that's that's in a different manner of speaking it's not due to the hops and this is a triple hopped beer oh and uh it's one of their specialty ones that limited release and it's a big bottle it's bigger than a normal bomber and it's like Twelve ninety nine comes to like fourteen dollars after tax and everything, but it's a specialty beer. You know, you're bu- you're paying that price. You know what you're buying when you buy that. And what the interesting part you told me is, it can be cellared for up to three years too. So I was thinking about buying three uh, bottles, one each year. Yeah. So holding it for one year. No. Well, drink one. Drink one, one for a year. Hold one for a year. And then then drink the other one. Yeah, but that's only cellared for two years, son. Listen, I'm not made of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you were going to buy three... Yeah. We're selling a bottle for two years. That's... That's enough for us. That's a while. Right? That's we a lot of anticipation. The, the only thing that really keeps me like, oh, we have this cellared and this cellared and this cellared when I tell people, it's like, they're at Paul's house. <laughs> Otherwise, we would drink them. What do we have cellared right now? Don't don't they don't because you're gonna want to drink it. Um, we got that Storm King. Yes. Uh, I have that Titus. That's at my house, though. Okay. Um, do we have that uh, Dogfish? Yes, pumpkin is in there. Pumpkin, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Outer Creek anniversary. Outer Creek. Where did you guys? Do we have a Smutty Nose or not Smutty Nose? Uh, Southern Tier. Pumpkin? Well, now, yeah, now we do. And we keep drinking. You just told drinking. me I'm cellaring it. <laughs> I thought that's what it was bought no, no, for. No, 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 that's fine. I thought that's what you bought it for. I did. Uh, and then we keep drinking the Merry Mischief. Yeah, we yeah. keep. <laughs> that keeps getting pulled out of the cellar. Hey, as long as I, I got, see it on the shelf, I'm going to keep buying and drinking it. Because yeah. I got two of them in the cellar right now, the Merry Mischief. And I got two of the Ser- uh, Seren- or Southern Tier pumpkins in the cellar. Because I was cellaring stuff, and then we had that one night where we were just doing stuff and... Things came out of the cellar. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't end up doing anything. <laughs> I know. No, yeah. no, this was before that even. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> the, uh, the anniversary, the 14th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Now. And also uh, some other stuff. Call got drink that night. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, the more, like, quote-unquote seasonal holiday winter beers that we drink, the more of the Merry Mischief I actually drink, too, because it's like, 
that's such a great Christmas beer. And when I say Christmas, it, it kind of includes just winter seasonals now. Yeah. That's, that's, it's kind of how, that's it kind of how it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it does what it does so well that it's such a step beyond everything else. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough to beat. And we're not, we are not Sam Adam beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I couldn't tell you. I mean, let's not get snobbish. I, not not to be snobbish, but we've we've always we always give them a shot. Mm-hmm. But there's never been anything from them except for like the black and brew, and the chocolate, chocolate box that we've ever really raved over. Except for yeah, the merry yeah. mischief, the merry mischief. Both I've bought mul- uh, multiple bottles of it so far it's, this year. It's the only thing that's usually in our fridge, and he's he's the Southern Tier Great Lakes champion over here. Yeah. But he has the Mary Mischief. He's bought it more than those other ones. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to beat is more Star Wars rumors. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat these things back. They're going no. to come every week. And like I said. And what uh, the hell? We got three years. I know, and like. That's why I said, was it last week or the week before, that I'm excited that I can be excited about Star Wars again. I can't be that excited for that long. It's just going to turn to hate. That well, makes that's no gonna, sense. That's just gonna uh, to the I'm dark pretty sure side, if then, you Paul. ask Yoda, it makes perfect sense. Excitement leads to disappointment, which leads to hate. It's it's right there in the circle. I, I don't know. You know, you remember back, back, oh, in, the, back in the day... Uh-huh. Right before Daredevil came out, and us sitting in your living room yes. and looking, like pulling up clips and watching them, and then going like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for this movie!" Because it was all like the cool parts mm-hmm. of the movie, but we were just so psyched over that. I'm glad to have another thing that I'm really, really psyched about. And, and that was the only time I ever watched Daredevil clips was with you guys, and I walked out of the movie not knowing much about Daredevil, knowing even less about Daredevil from that movie. <laughs> In the whole Electro thing. But, uh, but also coming away with it being like, okay, that was still fun. And I still like that movie. Yeah, I like that know movie too. Yeah, I, I like that movie. I have no problems with Daredevil. I, I think there's enough stuff coming up over the next year or two that there's going to be enough there to keep me excited about other things. So it's not all going to be hinging on Star Wars. Yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. That's, that's a good thing. If that was all I was excited about, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd... I'd probably just hate it by the time it came out because all that lead up. You got Thor, you got Captain America, Iron Man, the Hobbit movies. Yep. Uh, I mean, there is there's plenty to be excited about. But what are these Star Wars rumors, Paul? Uh, that Matthew Vaughn has been uh, chosen as the director of uh, the upcoming Episode Seven. No, it, eight. And mainly that's eight? from yeah. X-Men First Class 2 saying... Well, him stepping away from X-Men First but, Class but, 2. Uh, well, what, what I saw is one of the, the producers saying it's not because... He didn't leave just because he's doing Star Wars. He's left because for other reasons. Which I was surprised Matthew Vaughn signed on to do the second one because he was saying a lot of shit after doing the first one about how he hated working with the Fox studio. Yeah, that he would come back at all. But this, uh, my rumor is coming from a apparent uh, gaffe by a friend and longtime working associate, Jason Fleming, uh, who's worked on block, uh, 
lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, and also X-Men's First Class, him doing a red carpet interview, uh, and him uh, saying that he hopes that Matthew Vaughn, of course, is going to call him up to do something with Star Wars. And then he's like, oh, I mean, uh, and this is coming from uh, spinoff.comicbookresources. That's where I read this. But um, I don't, Could, I, I hope not. I. He's directing, he's not writing. Yeah. He's not. And from what it sounds like, the whole X-Men first class situation, Fox got so heavily yeah. involved. Oh, yeah. Anything he wanted to do, he was he had his hands behind his back, and they kept they they were funky with the budget and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Matthew Vaughn, Chris and I really enjoyed what he did with um, Stardust. I I really liked Stardust. I was going to say um, Stardust was fun. I saw that in the uh, drive-in actually. Yeah, it was whimsical. Hmm. Um, but Kickass, I enjoyed Kickass. Uh, Chris did. You were against it, Paul. I'm against it. Yep. But I've, I mean, the other movies that he's done, I've layer cake. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed them. So I, I, I think he's a good director. He's got a good eye for camera. Knows how to do action. Mm-hmm. Knows how to use effects. He's going to have people backing him. He's going to have a hopefully a good script. You're going to have all of. Disney slash Lucasfilm's resources behind this movie, too. So even if there's stuff that's not working, they've got just a bank of creators and mm-hmm. people that know what they're doing to kind of back you up on stuff like this. I, I think at this point, one of us could direct a Star Wars movie, <laughs> and it would come out looking pretty decent at okay. least. My fear with uh, Matthew Vaughn is stemming, of course, from X, X-Men First Class, and it's that X-Men First Class was so shot to be a period piece you know, like trying to be of that time, then I'm afraid that they're going to try to do the same thing with Star Wars, which make. But you don't have to which really worry about have that. Him make, well, this is my worry. It doesn't have to be a logical worry. When I read this, I'm like, this is my gut reaction. Here's oh, the man. Thing. You know, it's going to look like it's trying to be a movie shot in the 70s while not being shot in the 70s. Uh, and I, I think you're going to have a movie shot to be in the Star Wars universe. That's. And yep. I think you're going to have the people who've worked on everything else with those Lucas film f- movies, the wardrobe, all those people coming back because it's a Lucas film. They're going to use the people that they use for wardrobe and effects and everything. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to come back. Those people are going to go. Okay, we need to age it and make things a little more dirtier if they're going to be after, you know, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that would make sense. But everything looked cleaner, even better before the old Republic. Exactly. Before the and, war. And exactly. So it depends where this movie's yeah. gonna fall into. Yeah, and how far after? Yeah, how far? Everything as well. So I mean, it all depends where this movie's gonna be set, mm-hmm. what time frame, what characters are gonna be in it, what it's gonna be about. Talking about what characters are gonna be in what? Have you guys seen the Justice League rumors? Yes. About. No. Uh, Yes. Again, rumored. Ru- it's uh, rumored. It and then was denied. rumored yesterday, and then today there was a denial. It's refuted, but yes, from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's people saying that he is going to be appearing in Man of Steel and as Batman in the Justice League movie, which does 
have some kind of credence to it after you take into account the fact that Christopher Nolan is helping with Man of Steel. Yes. And you've got Batman supposedly appearing at the tail end of that movie. How? We don't know. Whatever. It's going to be like a cameo thing. Whatever. But here they, they need to start world building if they want this Justice League movie to be the Avengers. And how do you have Batman appearing in the Avengers when you have no Batman? And here's another thing that is also put out there is... Um, Gary Oldman said something, too, about playing Gordon again. So he might be staying on to play Commissioner Gordon. Well, since, you know, Christopher Nolan is so attached to Man of Steel right now, you know, people that liked working with him... Often continue to work work with with him. him. (laughs) Exactly. Like, look at what he did with... Inception to the Batman, Batman Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Uh, Michael Caine's been in a, yeah. several of his movies, and so has, um, what's it, the guy who played Batman, Christian Bale. And also now, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. <laughs> uh, the guy that played Bane. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is, do, do you want him playing Robin John Blake, Batman, or... Bruce Wayne Batman. Well, I think it was set up in such a way that Bruce Wayne disappears for a while, and then all of a sudden this other guy appears as Bruce Wayne. And he's just Bruce Wayne again. Especially with the ID uh, deleter thingy that Catwoman gets a hold of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's set up that he would be Bruce Wayne. And they would make no mention of any of of anything else. Yes, it would just else. be uh, yeah. Uh, I and they would just the, use that. He, basic here's the thing: people know who Bruce, Bruce Wayne is, though. but they have the computer. But yeah, thumb drive. You, you look at that guy and you say, "That's not Bruce Wayne." Well, like he just, I think you at that point you remove Robert Robin John Blake mm-hmm. from existence, but and then you just have a Batman operating in secret. But you've already had a Batman who's disappeared for, what was it, ten years? Five. Five years? And then now even longer. Well, who's to well, say? Well, who's to say? Like, we don't know. He, he could start working as soon as he finds, finds the cave. cave. Right. He could he's, start he's working training towards that. as Batman as soon as he finds that, way, that cave. But Bruce Wayne might not make another public appearance. Bruce Wayne's yeah, dead. Yeah, we, we don't need Bruce right. Wayne because he's gone. That's the thing. Bruce Wayne, he's off well, with... Well, wasn't the question, do we want him to be Bruce Wayne? I'm Batman, just saying, and I'm you, saying, well, he could you just be. want to have, have him step in, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne, and not be totally tied to the previous Nolan vs. Batmans, but have him just as Bruce Wayne, Batman, uh, or saying, as the John Blake. I'm saying we have enough Robin. there where they could have him step in with the Bruce Wayne and just... Nerd, like, nerd, like, we'll never explain it, don't worry about it, but it still ties in because you have that thumb drive, and he is now Bruce Wayne, because he just stepped into that role. But they buried Bruce Wayne. Right. <laughs> they don't need to explain it. <laughs> he is... just shows up and goes, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, and be like, you're dead. No, the thumb drive deletes all records that he ever... It doesn't delete people's brains! <laughs> 
Ten and years why, from now. That's why you like, don't. Didn't he die? But you're putting this time frame. Hey, <laughs> and that's why I'm saying you don't you don't need a Bruce Wayne because you can still have the Batman just working without that public mask. Right, but I think what I was going off of is he steps into the role. As Batman, and he, be, he but he, he steps in the role Wayne. yes as Bruce Wayne as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But can you? All right, I'm going to talk to you now, Chris. Okay, <laughs> is John Madden alive I, or dead? John Madden, mm-hmm. he's alive. Okay, how about uh, let's think. Were you a, like actually asking yeah, me? Because yeah. see. See how it is, how easy it is I to forget know about football. Okay, let's think of other celebrities. The uh, Clark is dead. The Clark is dead. The <laughs> Clark is dead. Because uh, it was announced. Yeah. We remember that. So if all of a sudden, someone else starts wondering, "Hi, I'm Dick Clark." No, you don't sound like a robot, and we buried you. Actually, we dropped you from a giant ball in Times Square. <laughs> That's what really happens, kids. Hi. Hi. Okay. You have him just as Batman in the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. No real talk of secret identities. Next Batman movie they make. Would you, and take a little bit of your fandom out and being like, ooh, in the Nolanverse. Ooh. A Batman movie starring Batman, but not Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Like, is that something that you can just be like, uh, all right? Honestly, as much as Batman is a part of Bruce Wayne and vice versa, you can still have a Batman movie without Bruce Wayne, especially if you go that route where he's abandoned that part of the personality. Because like, you could have this being a continuation but a new start, too, if you come out with you know, Batman, whatever you want to call it, three, four years from now after everything's said and done, you can have him just being like, he's abandoned his public identity because he's just working as Batman. He is Batman now. But you're not going to have Alfred. You're not going to have the Batman-verse. Yeah, but in a Justice League movie, you don't need it. Yeah. All right, but then are you going to have one Batman that's in the Justice League movies and then something else in the Batman movies? See, this is where that line is getting is getting drawn. You you can't have a Batman movie without the major players of Batman: mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, Alfred, you know, everyone else. But if you have John Blake as Batman, you don't have those other things. So these and are this... continuations of the Nolan verse Batman thing, but it's not Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this was a fitting end for Nolan's Batmans. You can't just continue on with that. I, I think it would be interesting to see if they would and how they could do it, because that would give you a whole other way to tell the story. Like, you, you and, say and you, I agree, you say you but want... it would be, it'd be, a, con, it'd be a continuation of the Nolan yeah. movies, but I think you, the only person you... I would trust to do that... Would be Nolan, who's not going to make anymore. Well, you don't know who could jump onto it later on down the road, and Matthew Vaughn, and who's going to be doing it. You know, <laughs> I, I think it would be interesting to see them continue on with that continuity. 
like have it be built. You say you need to have the Bruce Wayne and the Alfred parts to it. Do you go to the movies to see Alfred and Bruce Wayne, or do you go for the Batman parts? I think. And if you do go for, would you not want to see the Jonathan Blake stuff? In Batman, and see what happens to this guy who's abandoned his personality to become something else. I, that, for me, that's that's interesting. It is interesting, but at so the there same, you go. At the same time, you I mean, it's just, and that's why there's the the you and me version of looking at it. Which yes, those would be interesting. I I would like to see those happen. That would be something that's interesting. And one of your big complaints about Dark Knight is you saw Batman three times in the whole movie. Well, guess what? Now he's only Batman because he has no other identity. What does that do to a person? It, it could be it'd be interesting. Like it, it and it is for how ham-fisted I feel the whole my real name's Robin thing. Was. Yeah, <laughs> I I feel like it does give you kind of an interesting way to go if they choose to go that route. Yes, in Justice League, Batman after that. You know what? They'll probably just completely reboot though. You know, new Batman, mm-hmm. new Bruce Wayne, new. Alfred, because that's what people expect out of a Batman. But I'd I'd like to see a little bit different because you've seen it, it, it before. It, it would be interesting. It, okay, I finally found a website that can help prove my <laughs> point. Where we're like, oh yeah, we know they're dead or alive. It's oh alive God. or dead info dot com. I hope we get Ready? all of these correct. <laughs> Ready? Uh, let's go with. Uh, I that this, uh, we had this great conversation about that's what Paul was doing. You, you told me you were just talking to Chris. <laughs> you <laughs> kicked me out of the conversation. That didn't happen. Let's go with Phyllis Stiller. Alive. She's alive. Uh, Phyllis Stiller is dead. Oh, oh she just died. Died 8-20-2012. You, you, you should well, That's not the, that long ago. She just thing. died. If, you know that she's if dead. Phyllis Stiller... <laughs> just happened. If Phyllis Stiller lived in our city as a billionaire and had, like, centers... Named Here's after the thing, if somebody just showed up saying, I'm Phyllis Diller, I'd be like, no. When she looked yeah, like Phyllis Yeah, we, we do know what Phyllis Diller looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, next person. All right, uh, let's go with... Uh, she just recently died, too. Right, well... I'm, I don't know anything till the Academy Awards when they play everyone who let's died. Go, let's go Ray Bradbury, alive or dead. Ray Bradbury, literature. Fahrenheit Pretty sure he's dead. John? I would say dead. Floating. He is dead. He died uh, 6.05, 2012. At 91. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, if he showed up, not old. <laughs> you, you think but he the, would not go out with a... Bruce Wayne is a He master. would totally go out with Phil Stiller. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying that he would go out with a, probably prosthetics and a mask on to do the public base of Bruce Wayne. I don't know Bruce Wayne. Let's go. Uh, I'm trying to find people that are that we would know, but I'm horrible at knowing people, so I'm the worst to play this game. Well, that's okay. Because uh, we got other we don't, we got other stuff we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Let's move on because these people are music like Chad Everett. I don't even know who that guy is. I'm not sure. Is he dead? I don't know. Oh, it don't matter. Okay. Um, what else do we have? I don't know. I don't remember. Let's pause it. Yeah. Plenty of other cool stuff, like the new Nintendo Wii and not the Wii U, the $100 Wii coming to Canada. Canada exclusive, <laughs> which is weird. December 7th, 
Uh, and it's a black and red looking device, and it looks like almost a portable DVD player without the television screen. Uh, it has a pop-up where you would slide your disc in. It does not have Game uh, GameCube game uh, compatibility or the internet. Which how many people were using their? Nobody uses online. the internet in Canada, too. By the way, they don't even actually, have it. Actually, it's more expensive uh, for downloading because there are they even their at home services have caps hmm. in Canada, and that's uh, at least most of the providers do have caps. I know that's a big issue up there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you can't download the old Nintendo games, so why would you want a Wii? If you can't download, <laughs> like, the original Mario Brothers, then why would you want a Wii? Well, here's the thing. Um, we are getting the Black Friday sales numbers rolling in, and mm-hmm. Nintendo sold 400,000 Wii U's past weekend. Better than the launch of both the Xbox and PlayStation 3. But here's the thing. They also sold 300,000 regular Nintendo Wiis last weekend. And Microsoft sold 750,000 Xbox 360s. Uh, Sony still hasn't released their sales numbers. So Xbox sold over twice as much as the original Wii, but did not... How how many of the Wii U's that they sold? 400,000. But that was constricted because of, you know, just they couldn't get them onto the shelves. Because this is first time. Here's the thing. I work for a retailer, retailer, which everyone here knows. Some other people know that. Um, Nintendo Wii U's aren't selling out. We we had plenty of them. We were telling people in line on Black Friday, like, hey, we've got the Wii U if you want it. Everyone's like, no. Yeah. We st- we still have a bank of them. Our boss is getting on us because nobody's buying them, and that's that's just how it is. Yeah, I was trying to talk someone into buying one, I'm and so- she was just oh. like, "No, I just, just want the regular one." I don't. <laughs> they, if you're gonna buy one, why would you just buy the regular and that, one? That was my point, but she didn't want to spend the three hundred dollars or the three hundred fifty dollars. She was yeah. okay with spending one hundred thirty mm-hmm. for the older one. And also, like, the reviews are coming out. So far, all the ports, they, when the, the touchpad is just a throwaway kind of item. Like, yeah. the, honestly, the DS. When it first came out, the DS, nobody knew how to utilize that second screen. Like, it was either a map or they would have a, some sort of weird minigame, much like the Wii, uh, the PS Motion thing that came out uh, for PlayStation 2. Or... Yeah, PlayStation 3, right? Or was it? Oh, the, the, the tilt control. The six-axis tilt control. Oh, yeah, six-axis, yeah. Uh, stuff, like, that was all kind of add-on. And right now, that's where we're at with just game development on the Wii U. And also, the touchpad, like, everybody, the three other people, because you can only have the one touchpad player, are playing the game. Who's going to want to not be playing the game with their friends? Like, yeah. oh, Lead a helping hand in New Super Mario Wii U by adding blocks. Yeah, you're, that add, isn't you're adding yet. blocks. You're not playing <laughs> because the whole. I'm sorry, John. I'm going to get this one point and then go. The they they have an opportunity to come up with new game designs to actually incorporate that as a really cool device to have a you know a, 
almost a dungeon master kind of thing going on where not everybody needs to be playing the same thing, but people should be playing towards the same goals in a different way. And they have the opportunity. I think they're losing it. Uh, and I, I, I agree with that. The other thing is, is it only takes its own batteries that you can't... Yeah, you have to charge it. That you have to charge. So as soon as that thing runs out of batteries, you have to charge it. That means, you know... It doesn't have a cord that you plug in while you're playing, like the like controllers that you, are You can out charge it, I'm not sure. While or like you can put it on a dock, but... You can put it on... Put like, a it's like a dock thing. It's not a... <clears throat> oh. Like a like a Xbox controller. Yeah, because I've talked to a guy who port. got it. He was super psyched about getting it, and keeps coming up and talking to me about it. I'm like, well, what games do you have? Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. You gonna get anything else? Nothing really out that I want. But I'm playing Mario Brothers. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's it's a Mario game. Right? Yeah. And you know, it's he doesn't have anything else for it. That's what he plays. And he told me about everybody. It taking, like, when you plug it in, it takes forever to because there's a system download for it. And I guess mm-hmm. everybody was getting sick of it, so they turned it off. Mm-hmm. And I guess it jammed up all the systems. <coughs> yeah, so they, for a while. Because it was launched without having the software installed for it to actually launch with the TV, U, TVII. TVI? I don't even know yeah, what I don't it know. is. But all the, like... Stuff that they promoted, like, hey, this time Nintendo's getting it right with online ca- uh, capability, and so it launched <laughs> with all that, without all that. But if I heard really so far uh, from what I've read on Ars Technica, and also heard on uh, some podcasts I listened to, you know the T- the Wii TV uh, stuff, and also their online modes are actually done right this time. So when if you sit through that long. But everybody has a long download process. I guess now. it's like two. It's almost like two hours. Yeah, but if you buy an Xbox right now, like an old Xbox, like a used one, get off the shelf and like plug it in, I would imagine there it would be a lengthy it's, download now. It's still not as bad as everything else, Our though. PlayStation PlayStation Three people, is terrible. Like it's like still terrible. Oh, it's still terrible. I yeah, and, that, and that's just for every game. Like. Yeah. Like, you can have the most up-to-date system, but as soon as a game comes out, like, that week, you have an update you need to download, which is going to take at least an hour. In, in the it's Xbox one, I had a, I turned my Xbox on the other day, and there was a download for it. And I said, oh, okay. And I went on my phone, looked at my Facebook. I was going to go onto my Tumblr, and I was did, just like... Did you download Xbox Smart Class? No, my phone doesn't it's, carry it. It's fun. Yeah? I've, yeah. Wanted, I've heard it's cool. Because uh, Kate was... Wa- I was uh, sleeping in on uh, Saturday the other day and uh she was watching Actually, my story she's you interrupted me and just started talking about something else <laughs> okay uh i i went to go to tumblr uh-huh. and i was like oh it already downloaded i don't i guess i can watch whatever i was going to watch or the game i was going to play and not look at tumblr and for however oh man i didn't see that's where the story was going. oh right but i got to finish my story yeah, instead right. of you going into your own story <laughs> i'm sorry that was a jerk move <laughs> i will for I for will however right he's not gonna yeah. let you finish now <laughs> i i should i shouldn't be allowed well <laughs> my, mine's actually about the nintendo wii u though because i wanted to get this out before go ahead i couldn't um People still aren't playing it for however right Nintendo's gotten the online experience. Yeah. This past weekend, I saw on Kotaku that there were 727 people playing Call of Duty Black Ops on the Wii U. 35 people playing Madden. 
Okay, 35 pe- people playing Madden, I think, is more of a cr- alarm for me than Black Ops. Because let's think of Nintendo and w- where they market. Mm-hmm. It's the family kind of like and, system. But we talked about Black Ops. this is Nintendo going after those hardcore gamers. Look at the launch titles. Zombie U, uh-huh. Black Ops... Madden, which is, you know, yeah. it's a family game, but it is considered to be one of those hardcore is, gamer games. Mass it. Effect 3, mm-hmm. Ninja Gaiden. Like, they're going Wait, after... There's Mass Effect? Yeah, Mass Effect is 3 it, you can get it, on the... Special edition. No, it's just a, it's a crappy port. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> like everything else oh, has been. Thank goodness. I, I can save that $400 ba- now. Batman Arkham City. Like, they're, they're going after those hardcore gamers. And... With year-old the, games, you though. Is it, are you are you sure that there isn't more story that I'm picked nope, up on that nope, Wii pad? Nope. Seven hundred twenty-seven people playing Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and this is a game that sells millions of copies day one. Are, is it? Which yeah, of course they do have a bigger install base mm-hmm. already for you know PlayStation and Xbox. Is it Black Ops or Black Ops Two? No, it's the Black Ops Two. It's the okay. one that just came out. Because that, my brother-in-law plays that like crazy. He got into a group the other day with a bunch of British guys. They're really fun. <laughs> I can imagine. But you know what I mean, though? Like, with Madden, I would assume would have a more of a carry-through for the Wii U, yeah. especially since I'm still thinking the Wii U's a, like, oh, Jimmy's now 14 and wants to play cooler games, and he's kind of tired of the babiness that he sees as the Wii. Oh, we got the Wii U now! But he would still play Madden. Mm-hmm. Heck, I still play football games, and I've been playing them since I was, like, eight. So... Uh, that's thirty five is kind of shocking because I would think that would be something you would pick up, like with your Mario is Madden. Yeah, but Madden's the game you've already played. You know, the football season's coming to an end. Madden always has a kick up back in sales at the playoffs and also then again at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that game will continue it's to sell all year, sell, all year sell round. Again. You won't see a drop in price until it comes out again in August. So, June, July, well, you'll start seeing it drop in price. You'll see it drop in price like near the Super Bowl by ten dollars, and then after that, stay there until like June, July. I don't know. I don't. Play then it. it'll hit like twenty nine ninety nine, and then when the new game comes out, Is it'll it hit nineteen ninety nine. Paul knows all these health figures for this. No, he he buys Madden. <laughs> I pay attention to video games. I wish I was a video game journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Bob and a, what, what's the name of the character in the Rudolph? He's not in Jack in the Box. Charlie. I don't. I don't watch uh, that. I'm a Charlie in the Box. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Paul. Well, hey, Paul. I know something that you loved. What do I? Mass our, Effect. Our our recent trip to Disney World. Yes, I, I I did actually really enjoy that. And, and if I win this Powerball Millions tonight, you're I'm going not back. going to. Sorry, Paul. I saw Bill Knight put up online that your odds of winning are 175 million to one. Yeah, There's so many people play it. I played for a dollar. I That's paid okay. half price. That's not bad. But hey, would you be excited to hear about that? There's a TV show in development Called- based off of a ride. Oh no, I was thinking Girl Meets World. No, no, that is another one. Where uh, uh, Corey and Topanga have both signed up on. Yeah, because they're both doing so much with their careers. They're both Uh, older than all of us. They just had had to find what 
box the girl that plays Topanga was living on in the street corner. Hey, Topanga has a picture up in Chef's Restaurant, and yeah. I want to steal that picture. She, no had, one... she had a talk show, and she did something on the Animal Channel. Yeah. I will say, I've seen her around. Man, we uh... steal stories left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but off of a ride. Off of a ride from Disney World, based okay. on, on uh, ABC. Okay, I'm going to guess Dinosaur. No. Oh, Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> really? Yes, it's going to be a TV show based around... I just died on that ride. Really? Yeah, like I did not two see years that. ago. Well, that's not it's just... On people that's di- good publicity. People die on rides all the time. People, people think a lot of things about Hawaii, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Mr. Show reference for John. This, this is a ride Chris is like, Paul, nobody's died on this ride. People don't die. This is fine. You'll be Paul, fine. People Paul. die. Every- Someone died in <laughs> no. your old house, Paul. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's true. Somebody died on the Superman it. ride out here. Yeah. I was at work when it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> that person dying in that are my old house. Somebody your died house. house. Yeah. Not in. That explains all the tickling. <laughs> yes, the tickling. If I was ever What? Haunted. It's you, isn't it? <laughs> if I was ever haunted, I would wish to be haunted by the ghost that haunts... Uh, Ray in Ghostbusters, the first one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that that ghost is dirty. <laughs> that BJ Banshee, as I like to call her. <laughs> She'd probably go for the fish hooks. <laughs> callback. But yes, Big That's Thunder a Mountain. Secret callback. No people. No people can download it. now. It's going to be there, but not now. But they've already later. Been, they've already been told uh, to listen to it. Edit, editor's note. Listen to what lost episode, lost episode 141. 141. They followed the Facebook. They would know about this already. But I posted about it. I haven't posted the episode yet. Well, they know it's going to be available. They need to look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Thunder Mountain. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a show based off of a town during the gold rush that is cursed. Don't They haven't said if it's going to be like a drama, like... Black comedy, comedy. Hmm. What kind of show yet? But Paul, you, you excited about it? You enjoyed the ride. I did enjoy the ride. You didn't throw up more, on it more than I thought I would. The, that was the Paul's most... first roller coaster, I think. Yes, it was actually. No, was... no, I did. Uh, I did the Phantom at Darien Lake. He did the Wildcat at Fantasy Island. I don't, <coughs> I don't know that. One. I don't think I've I've been to Fantasy Island once. I've never been there. And I've never had a can of Coke to go back. I would, so. need, a, I would need a tetanus shot before I went, though. That's why. Uh, yeah, Fantasy but, Island is a locally owned and operated theme, amusement theme park. Or park ride? Ride park. It's not very It's good. Yeah. It doesn't look no. great when you drive past it. Never looks like there's water in the flume ride. <laughs> oh, screw flume rides. <laughs> well, if someone wants to go on, they just send someone on top of the hose. <laughs> Nobody wants to go on them because nobody likes flume rides. Flume rides are awesome, Paul. No, what's awesome is beer and drinking (laughs) beer with friends. Because we're almost out of this. Yeah, Uh, the big moose ale. Moose ale, also from Saranac. We're getting our Saranac winter ales out of the way. And um, this is an enjoyable ale. It's better. It's usually a little happier. Um, I don't know if it's just because... I picked it up in the discount six pack aisle, <laughs> maybe. Um, but usually it's quite enjoyable. We had we just had this in our other box, and yeah. we both really liked it. Out of that, this is uh, one of the Big RZ's favorite beers too. Yes, like he loves this. It's yeah, but 
again, nothing great, nothing seasonal about it. No, except no. for the pack, like fact that they put it out this time of year. Yeah, and that, that is, they put their Saranac logo covered in snow. This yeah, is their, it's got like holly berries on it. This is their winter IPA ale kind of a beer. It's not quite IPAEE enough. It, it usually is. I, I might rinse out my glass after yeah. this one just to freshen it up. Because I, I tasted a lot of the previous beer when I tried it. Because it's usually it's it's usually a, a very enjoyable IPA. Hmm. But um, we're going to go rinse our glasses. But we'll be right back to bring you the list. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And, and we're, we're Curvy Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. Brings us into the list. We're back. We moved an air hockey table in that break. Back an hour later. <laughs> well, we also had a uh, little chit chat with the guys over at Confessions of a Movie Snob too. We made our uh, nominations for the facilitators of the Indomitable Order, the Zone of Ruth S. So uh, make sure you check them out to hear who they are. And. <laughs> just a dog, dog walking into the room. Dog coming in, bursting through the door. Uh, and so, all right, the book I'm looking forward to, November 28th, is uh, is the Goon. It's really heating up. Uh, Eric Powell is kind of finished up doing little one issue vignettes, and he's getting back into the kind of gritty Goon's kind of story. Uh, where Goon is actually teaming up with his arch nemesis, uh, the Witch Doctor, also known as Rumpelstiltskin. And uh, the two of them are going to be teaming up to take on what's coming to Lonely Town. And I'm pumped. Oh, what's got you pumped? What's got me pumped is FF number one. Uh, not so much. Wait, didn't that book just end? How can they have a number one already? Um. Uh, well, it ended its illustrious 14-issue <laughs> run. 13, it's long well, storied history. Storied history. Uh, Mike Allred is going to be on art. I always find his work fun. I love Mike Allred. Uh, it's that kind of cartoony, uh, classic comic book work that I enjoy. It brings Pulpy. Up. Yeah. Pulpy. Right? That works, too. But it's... it's I, when I think pulp, I think of that grizzled, like detective story for some reason or that out of this like mind kind of sci-fi like Dr. what's the guy that with Zeta Beams is that it's not Dr. Adam Strange Strange. Adam Strange there it is I was thinking Dr. Strange and that wasn't right because he's he's worked on all of those books yeah right but his work is more that's true okay Okay. well I apparently agreed without (laughs) questioning it, which was even worse than me. Uh, But his work is more whimsical. You know, more fun. You know, just has that slight, just not taking itself. This is a comic book. It's supposed to be fun. I'm going to add in subtle jokes. Um, That's what I like about Mike Allred. Like in the Wolverine and the X-Men uh, book, you know, he had the girls lined up outside of Dope Store or Dupe Store, uh, which was dope. <laughs> it was dope. I'm sorry to bring that word dupe. back. I use it a lot. Never heard you use it <laughs> well, you, just this minute. Mm-hmm. You, I talk to you a lot. You haven't jumped on it yet. Matt, I say it a lot. Matt Fraction's writing on Fantastic Four wasn't what 
there for me because it's a story that, you know, isn't Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, and that's unfair. And it's only his first issue. Yeah. you got to give him the first couple issues. Yeah, I am. And that's why I'm giving him this other issue of F. Oh, he's writing both? Yeah. Wow. Because Who does he think he is, Jonathan Hickman? That's that's the long-storied history of FF and Fantastic Four. If you write one, you write the other. That's how it is. Yep. So FF number one. And it also has She-Hulk in it. And you know how I love me the She-Hulk. <laughs> She's got a vulnerability? <laughs> uh, she'll hit you with a... <laughs> she'll hit me with her lips. No. <laughs> Kissing me. <laughs> with a sexual harassment lawsuit quicker than you can say. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm actually looking forward to a book that came out last week because I just picked it up this week on the 28th, so I'm going that route with it instead. Okay. I'm time-turnering it. Oh. oh. Like Time Machine. Time yeah, machine. It's, a, it's a time machine, but I, I'm calling last it time-turnering Last week I had it. no books that I were coming out for me, and I picked the book that was coming out this week, so... Wait, this week's the 28th? Yes. Okay. Um, looking forward to Nightwing number, Nightwing number 14. Uh, Lady Shiva's back in town. And I say back in town meaning she's appearing for the first time in the new 52. I hate that costume. I, I'm not a big fan of it, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how this goes. Um, mm-hmm. Just when you think things are really bad with Joker coming back to Gotham, uh, throwing another monkey wrench into the works for Nightwing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And we saw her in... Issue zero. Issue zero. Yeah. Uh, funny, that, funny how that works out. Yeah. Was it Nightwing? He yeah, was, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That's what made him put on the outfit. Well, his was that the night? No, it was his Robin outfit, right? Yeah. For the first time, yeah. yeah. Put on the yeah. Robin outfit. Oh, uh, when you were asking, was that Nightwing? I'm like, no, no. He was putting on the Robin outfit. You know, that's where I got confused by. There's so many yeah. Robins, zeros. I know. It's Robin month. Mm-hmm. Much like this is the month where we're drinking seasonal beers. And we've this, got another one in front of us. This here is, I asked John to bring in the bottle. but You did not! I did. I said, I need one of those bottles. And I didn't I don't hear know that what either. Happened. Well, uh, this is what, the this Rogue? Is, this, this is the Rogue Santa's Reserve uh, Christmas Blend Ale Beer. John's running. It's, but, um, man, it tastes like a Christmas tree. In that resiny... Yeah. A little like, bit of resin, a little bit of pine. It's better than, um, what did we have last year? Was it the Sierra Nevada? That it's was just the really... Santa's Private Reserve Rogals. Oh, thank you. Can I... I ran out and got the bottle. And I, I know, know you guys already talked about that, but I wanted to say <laughs> I, that. I can't remember if it was the Sierra Nevada that was just like that pine needly. Sierra Nevada was the, the s- destroy your mouth hops. Okay. Yeah, the celebration. Uh, celebration, this, that's right. This is reddish copper in color with a roasty malt flavor. And a hoppy, sprucey finish. You get that hoppy. You get that from a lot of different rogue beers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this they one like is a little hops. bit. It's a little bit subtler though. Like I still have that. I haven't taken a sip of this in a while, but I still have. It's got that a heavy thing. alcohol on the nose. Yeah, definitely. You don't get it though when you drink it. No. Um, I you know I think I expect a little more out of rogue. I mean, they're Shakespeare stout, they're chocolate stout, um, they're they're hazelnut nectar. Like, those are, are just really, really great beers. They are good. Let's go about this bottle, too. But and, uh, man, remember the good shite? Where it was all their stuff that they grew grow. Yeah, grew that was their it organic was their organic, organic line. Everything, they, they it was all on site, all on premises. What they, you know, they brewed what they grow. That was bad. 
but it was also a pilsner. Yeah, it, I, yeah. They've they've done a couple more of those, which you know we should probably check those out mm-hmm. to really to really nail them on that. But like their other winner one is their Yellow Snow, which is an IPA. That's that, really good, and that's that is really good. You can get those in the bombers, uh, mm-hmm. twenty two ounces. But I've I've always liked everything we've gotten from Rogan the yeah. bigger bottles. And this is okay. Like I probably wouldn't pick this up again. This is still, I think, my favorite of the night so far. I think it's the best. I, I'd say the Caramel Porter, but that wasn't in the running. That was just one that we drank before the show. I would yeah. say it's the best of the night. Um, I think this is a beer that probably, as we've been talking a lot about, like aging beers, I think this is one that would age and would probably be better next year. Because some of the hoppiness would probably fade a little bit. The malt mellow. would come out. Yeah, because... And, um, as long as I mean, it's got that get... alcohol smell to it. Like, like it's got some 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 growing to do. Because there's really not much else to besides that lingering hop that you have. Like, you get that malt on the, like, right in the first sip. But... No. And we've let them warmed up, too. So, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's the best one of the night, but it's not the best one of the bunch. Right. We still have, we have another one to drink too. I, bl- I believe so. We got, we threw out that honker. We got, <laughs> we still have the uh, the honker ale that I thought was a Christmas ale. It's not. It's not. It's Goose Island's <laughs> flagship beer. It, it's just labeled all Christmassy like. It does look Christmassy. And then, uh, but we still oh, have we our have the blizzard back. The blizzard back from Flying Bison. But uh, let's get into our main topic, which is our trade in policy. Right? Is that trading policy? Uh, which is the Courtney Crumman. We just poured ourselves the uh, Blizzard Bach from Flying Bison, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. It's like a soaked raisin, like beer-soaked raisins. It, it, it's got a fruitiness and a dark maltiness that is just so different from like anything else I've had in the longest time. I can't compare this to anything else. This I'm is really enjoying it. It's it's a good it's a good winter beer, especially coming from Flying Bison. We've had them on the show mm-hmm. often, and they never seem to really. There's the one time wow. the Aviator Red. The Aviator Red was a surprise because I hadn't mm-hmm. had it in years because I would had it when it kind of went downhill. Yeah, and that was that was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is good. I was not expecting much from this beer. Yeah, this is the pretty aftertaste good. aftertaste kind of leaves you wanting. It kind of disappears a little bit and just stays at the back. Yeah. Um, but it gives you that mm-hmm. that same flavor. It's an enjoyable flavor. It makes yeah. you want to take another sip. It's true. Just to get it up front again. That's good. Yeah. It's, I, it's very light, too. I was mm-hmm. kind of wanting a, it to be like a heavier beer. Um, it's a dark. Like a it's, it's dark in color. Like it's you can almost co- not see through it. It's dark in color, but when you hold it up to the light, you can definitely tell it's like it's a like amber a, red. It's like a root beer. Yeah, it looks like. You know, it's not. Yeah, well, like Chris said, and you're saying it's. It's not as dark as you think it is when you first pour it. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, that that looks malty and delicious and it's I wish I'd, I'd like a little bit more of that with then, that sweet and then you get the nose and you're like oh this this smells fruity this is gonna be oh it's gonna be dark and malty and fruit and somehow they got some fruit in there and then uh yeah it, you know that you know it, it kind of led my expectations a little high but it's still good you know yeah I, th- I think this is my favorite of the night I this I, this is the best of the night mm-hmm. yep 
It wins. And I, I don't have to call it that just because it's okay. Like I, it's the one that like we it. had that you would drink another. Yes. Yeah. Uh, power rankings. I, I think just kind of working. So I'm missing producer Scott tonight. <laughs> working back, I, the Blizzard Bach here, mm-hmm. then the uh, Santa's Reserve, yep. Big Moose, and then the uh, what was it called? The, the Seasons Best. Seasons Best. I'd have to do the same. As yep. Chris. Yeah, I, I think uh, we're we're in uh, all in cahoots here. Yeah. This. It's good that we drank this one last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I. I feel like because I would have been drinking tonight was everyone okay now. that I had. I would have been like, mm, it's this it isn't was, as good as the Blizzard Bach. It had the lowest expectations going in. I yeah, <laughs> and that's why we saved it for last. We're like, uh, Blizzard Bach. But uh, yeah, it's if you can find it. Uh, I know it's a Buffalo local thing, but uh, definitely get it. If you know anyone who lives in Buffalo, you can find this pretty much anywhere. And if Buffalo. you live. Uh, in Colorado and have left-hand brewing companies, Milk Stout, I am more than willing to trade. Um, that's all over the place in Cleveland, too, because <sighs> my nice. friend Rachel, her sister, lives uh-huh. in Cleveland. And so like, if you live in Cleveland. She was up here for Thanksgiving, and she was like, I wonder, because like, we were down on Allen, she was like, oh, I wonder if they have left-hand here. I was like, nope. They don't you cannot find here. that anywhere around here. I was able to find it the one time in Rochester. We found it the one time... Uh, was it Pizza Plant had it? They, yeah, they, they had a left back, hand. Yeah. They came back for a very short time. You know, what? I, I talked to a local beer merchant, you know, and he, he said, yeah, I want <coughs> to get them back, except the distributor screwed them over, and uh, it'll probably, and they're under contract, so it'll be a while. Yeah. But, so hopefully the new year, new deal, new contract, and uh, we can find left hand here again. Well, and if not, my... Uh, my friend's sister said next time she comes up, just remind her, and she'll bring us some milk stout. I want a six-pack of my own. Well, you'll get what you get, Paul. I know, and I'll <laughs> be happy, because at least it's something. Because it is, oh, it's it is delicious. Good. Speaking of something. But yes, moving on in. As Paul said, go, going into this, and then we stopped to drink more. Uh, <laughs> we've got another trading policy here. This time we're taking a look at Courtney Crumman Volume 1, uh, The Night Things. Uh, from over at Oni Press, uh, written and drawn by Ted Nafa. Uh, this was actually originally done as just a single miniseries. I believe it was like six issues long, uh, all in black and white. This huh. hardcover collection here is the first time that it was actually colored. Um, and this Oni- was six issues? Yes. Because well, there's like two issues per part. Okay. Um it still seems surprising to me because you did say, and overall, this is a very quick read. Yes. And uh, granted, I had it for. I'm a while. sorry, only four issues. I thought it was more. Okay, my bad. No, but still, sense. four issues still seems. It seems, you know, looking back at what has happened in the story, it's such a quick read. It almost you could see it as almost two. I mean, because it's it has like little chapter yeah. things in it, so. I see it. I I read it as it was just a couple issues, like four issues. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was six. Yeah, I think it book caps well with uh, Mr. Butter, Butterworm. Yeah, Butterworm. Butterworm. I think it book caps very well with that. And you know, he, he's asking you. You know, you, you could read more. There will be more stories. And I was left wanting a little bit more. Well, don't because volume two is already out, so I have that. So I can hmm. pass that off if you guys want to read that. Too. I would. I would definitely because. 
I really, I really dug it. It's it's kind of my kind of book. Um, but why don't you say a little bit about what it's about? Yeah, I, I talked about this a little while ago on one of our episodes. We did a uh, what comic book could get that boost from having a movie or TV show, and I picked Courtney Crumrin just because it's fun. It's all ages. It kind of delves into that spookier side. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be. A I, Nick I show. think this would be like great for just one of those fun, kooky cartoons, almost like an Adventure Time kind of thing. We're a little bit more on the darker edge. Um, story about a young girl who goes to live with her uncle Aloysius mm-hmm. because her family sees an opportunity for hey, free rent. Let's move in and take care care of our aging, ailing uncle, mm-hmm. who's neither aging nor ailing because turns out he is a warlock and she kind of gets brought into this world mm-hmm. and starts learning about things and that's what the first volume here of the night things is all about her stepping foot into this darker world and not being afraid and it no. being just all right whatever i like this world better than the normal world i'm living in and her uncle kind of sees that and her uncle i think sees something in her from the beginning. He doesn't encourage it, but he doesn't discourage it. Yeah. Right. He's just kind of like, he's going to leave her there to discover stuff. Yeah. And he's he's there to, to guide her. Okay, I'll help you with this spell. Or, you're lucky mm-hmm. your cat saved me. I expected more out of you. You need to think about these kind of things. And uh, I did. I like that about him. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely seems like the, you know, mentor character. That is so hands-offish, it leads to the drama of whether or not she'll be saved. Because otherwise, if you know he's always going to be there, you know, why would you worry in that situation? You know, why would she be worried about anything? Because she has a badass warlock at her back at all times. But no, this guy seems to be, like, letting her dangle out there all alone, which, which I really think works for the story. And also works for her as a character because if he was too doting, she would. Courtney Crumman hates people. Yeah, <laughs> she says so herself, and that's that's the kind of girl it is. It's this, it's this. Uh, you know uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, she's not a slacker. She's just she's antisocial. Yeah, an antisocial girl who knows her parents are dolts. Who sees the world as it is? She she knows too much for someone yeah. her age, pretty much. There we go. She's and she's a pragmatist, and she doesn't like the situation she's in. She sees this other world that it grants her powers to change the situation she's in, and she does it. And then she's yeah. just like, "No, this is terrible." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I and I I love the one the. Um, what, it's like the second story? No, it's like the third the, story. The one with the changeling? The yes, baby? Yeah. the changeling. That one's great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And even when she captures Mr. Butterworm, mm-hmm. who is such a great character because Butter- he has conversations with himself. Yep. Butterworm is kind of that narrator character that breaks the fourth wall, and mm-hmm. he kind of introduces you to the books and just almost sets the tone for what you're kind of in store for. Um, and he pops up later throughout the other books, too. Um, and he's a goblin. Yes. There's currently an ongoing series, too, which I've missed a couple issues here and there. Um, so I've got a few of those. But I I thoroughly enjoy this book. Um, I read, I started reading this when it first came out, and I was living with uh, Just Number One at that time. Huh. 
So that's, that's how, how long, long this has out. been around. Um, it, it comes and goes. Uh, NAFA will do a miniseries, take a year, year and a half off, do another one, take a year off. He did something else. It's a good five years. Then he came out with a um, book that was actually focusing on her uncle. Which I, was, I would like um, to check out. I was, was just called? thinking. It I don't like, want to know anything more about him. It's I love that it's he's basically, a mystery. It's basically just him younger. Like it's the same thing. I know, but I want I don't want to know anything more about him because mm. I love that he's that unknowable character that could do anything. It's, see, I'd like to see him it, become the character that he is. And it like the it, the series was called something like uh, Portrait of a Warlock as a Young Man. Hmm. And it he's still basically the same character. He's just more in focus. It's really cool. Same thing with the uh, the second uh, collection is called the Coven of Mystics, which is all about more crap going down in the town, and her uncle kind of has to step in because he's the only one that can handle it. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants him to because they kind of just like, well, you guys will read it. Yeah. No, I I plan on it. I, I'd probably if you gave it to me, I'd read most of it tonight. Um. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I had to sit down and read it all yesterday. It wasn't a chore. When I got to the end, I kind of thumbed through the rest, kind of like, oh, like, really yeah, to there more. were, you know, it was one of those, it, we get, we were reading it in this uh, hardcover, really nice edition, nice glossy pages, really good, like, cover even, just looking at it, how it has that inset of the, almost yeah. a photo of uh, Courtney Crum in there. Uh, there's like at least 10 more pages of just back matter. And you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I got at least more, like at least 10 more pages left to, oh, I am acting. No, cause you I? get, you just kind of get, get the uh, bonus art, yeah. the covers for the series. Uh huh. And you're like, oh, well, I, Mr. Butterword, uh, worm, why, why, why are you like shuffling me off the door right now? There's at least 10 more pages here. Come on, let me. Oh, I'm uh, okay. I guess I'm done. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it so much. I would look up. I would look up other things that that uh, Ted. Uh, what's his last name? Nafa. Nafa. I would look up other things that he did. Um, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the art. I enjoyed the writing. And uh, he's somebody who's on my radar now. He's very much one of those indie creators. Like yeah. I think almost everything he's done has come out through Oni. He had another series. He did two miniseries. It was called Polly and the Pirates, where it's a little girl who gets kidnapped by pirates hmm. because they think she's the daughter of the great pirate queen. And as she's kind of hanging around with them... It's long stocking. Almost, like, she does realize that, oh, holy crap. Yeah, I, my mom was a pirate. How did I never know about this? I only read the first miniseries of that, but it was really good. I mean, not... It's more on the adventure side than the spooky, but it was a lot of fun. And I'm glad they're coming out with these really nice hardcover books. They're really nice additions. Yeah. And especially the fact that it's colored, because it was all black and white before. And it had that kind of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac look yeah. to it, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does set the tone really well. But the coloring, it's, like the palette for this, it fits so I well. I think with the color and the palette, it makes it more kid friendly yes because if it was black and white in this style which is this people do look creepy and the monsters do look creepy nothing gets overly ghoulish or gorish 
But that Johnny the homicidal look, I think, wouldn't work with young readers. Especially, if, I mean, with just showing her without the nose in yeah, black she's the, and white. she's the only person without a nose anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Like, I never imagined her having blonde hair when I was reading this in black and white. Yeah, you could imagine her with black hair, you, you know. Yeah, but you just like couldn't little... do it on the page because it would just be too much black. Mm-hmm. Eleanor or something like that. You know. Yeah. What, what was her name? Lenore? Who was the... Yeah, Lenore. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ted he also did the Death Junior comic huh. books that came out based off the... Uh, Vertigo character? No, no, it was the... Uh, it was a PlayStation portable game. It's basically the son of death goes huh. to school. And he's... Like, his classmates are... he has are, a persona? I, I didn't the that Japanese game, Persona, oh, yeah, going never to school. Sorry. They, they dealt with suicides. Yeah. It's a video game. It's a, um, PlayStation, it's a famous PlayStation video game series, but Persona, you know, with a lot of death. Well, death goes school. to school with a uh, little girl named Pandora who Why can't help but open with things. Pagan broadcast. Uh, <laughs> another girl's named Stigmartha. But he also do a show with you. <laughs> True. Another girl named Stig Martha. Yeah, who's always bleeding from her hand, so she can't pick up stuff when she drops it. <laughs> um, That's awful, but awesome. I, love I, it. I can't remember, but there's like a kid who doesn't have arms or legs, and he's just floating around in a gigantic tube that's on wheels. I was thinking Venus de Milo, but you made it sound like it was a guy. No, it, it's a guy. It, it's it's a really creepy, fun book. If they put out hardcovers of that, like this quality, because that was also black and white i would gladly pick those up to have on the shelf these and these are books like i'd i would buy these and give them to my sister like she would enjoy Mm -hmm. them they're nice little books that she could have you know it's not just a comic book or a comic trade that you could put on a normal bookshelf but you could put this up there and if somebody was looking through and pulled it out like it would be interesting for somebody to to flip through and check out uh twenty dollar price point but for hefty but the quality is For the there. quality, it's... And it's also Oni Press. Yeah, it's a smaller company. I mean, you can pay 25 for a DC original graphic novel or, like, 30 for one of their regular hardcovers. Yeah, but you will get a bigger page. Yeah. This... It's not quite digest size, it's, but it's not yeah. quite full trade size. Mm-hmm. It's right in it's between. in between that. It's right in a, between. an idea. But it, I'm glad you guys enjoyed this book. Because it's a lot of fun. It's right up my alley for you know for books. It's like a Hellboy for kids almost yeah. because it has that those thick stark lines, very manual esque. Uh, it it doesn't has fun it, with what it is. I, I think it works well for a children's age book because it doesn't take the parents seriously. Yeah, you look at the parents and they're just such idiots. Yeah, and, and it's. The well, writer poking fun at those people. Even later on in the book, when you have the uh, the changeling, uh-huh. who the the parents are just yeah. not aware that their baby's been switched out, mm-hmm. yeah, and who seem just to get out of the house any opportunity they can away from this thing. Uh, it's fun. I'm flipping through it now because I haven't looked at it in a little bit, and I'm uh, I I, I want to read it again. It's great. And I'm sure there's a lot of books that people out there love and wish we would review and talk about on the podcast. And they can get a hold of us and tell us about those books 
Where, Chris? Right over on our Facebook, or they can email us, contact at bangboardcast.com. Our Facebook is just do a search for Bag and Board. Hey, if you found it, you know how to spell it. It's true. It's it's very true. <laughs> Chris or John was look Chris. John I'm was Chris. looking at me like he didn't believe that was true. Well he doesn't <laughs> believe a lot of things that come out of your mouth. A good five percent. No, it's the opposite. I I believe just about everything you tell me. You say about ninety five percent you believe. And then, so that the five percent oh. you wouldn't believe, mm. and most of the times because I don't listen to you, <laughs> and, and also mathematics, <laughs> uh, podcasting.